Welcome back to The Deal with Danny Brown. I'm your host, Danny Brown, and buckle up your chin straps, ladies and gentlemen. Today's episode is Brandon and Rainey Williams, Williams and Williams team, the Beverly Hills Estate, a power couple in residential real estate, closing over a billion dollars a year, but so much more than that. They launched their new brokerage, Beverly Hills Estates. Uh, a couple years ago after they were superstar brokers for many years at Hilton and Highland. And it's a really unique setup in fashion, design, architecture, culture is really embedded into them and, and into their company. It's also a private social club, which is unique. So we're going to get into some crazy stories. They've started at the bottom and now they're here. So buckle up, school's in session. Uh, you can find them at the Beverly Hills Estates. You can find them all over Instagram as well. Please subscribe to The Deal with Danny Brown. Let other people know some really good real estate content. Every rating and comment you give us helps with our subscriptions, our rankings, our sponsorships, all that stuff. So enjoy this. This is a good one. Brandon and Rainey Williams, welcome to The Deal. Good to see you both. You look great. Good to see you. Good to see you, Danny. Always a pleasure. Uh, a couple that needs no introduction, two of the biggest brokers uh, in L.A. and in the world. You look good as always, impeccably dressed. I love the backdrop. I know this isn't a professional set like Entourage, Brandon, but we're like trying to do what we can here, ghetto style. But uh, welcome to the deal. It's great to have you. Uh, why don't we start with most people in our audience are going to know who you are. But why don't we start with um, uh, rather than getting into your all your career highlights and being the top salespeople in the world. Why don't we start with. Hey, you're you're working together as a married couple. That's a unique situation. Why don't we start about how you guys met and where you were in your careers in the business when you met and how you decided to work together. Start with that. Drop you right in. I'm going to start. I'm going to start because I, I think it's an amazing story. It's obviously a love story. And it's funny because because I always wanted to write a book and the title of the book would be the greatest real estate story of all time. That would be the cover of the book. Because okay. I think if you're at an airport, you'd walk by and go, what? Stop. I gotta hear this. But the real story is about love, connection, two kids, one's from the East Coast, one's from the West Coast, didn't really come from much, um, you know, humble backgrounds. I came from a single mother, Rainy came from a, a single mother, hardworking mothers. Their fathers kind of, you know, went off and left and were these, you know, guys that weren't that much in their lives. And, yep. they you know, all I knew was the landscape of L.A. And, and being around it. And I never came from money. My mother never owned a home. And, and, and Rainy was this, you know, girl with big dreams from Pittsburgh and from Staten Island. And. We met at this brokerage in Beverly Hills on Beverly Drive called Normand and Associates. And I walked by and I saw this really pretty Italian girl and she had this short hair like Betty Boo. And, <laughs> and I saw a picture of her mom that looked very similar to her. And I said, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Okay. Boom. That was the hook. That was well. That was part of it. It was the opener. But then he it, told it, me it, it, it was the opener. Yeah. And 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 she said, "Wow." She said, "Who are you?" And I said, "I'm Brandon Williams. Nice to meet you." And she and I and she was like, "Wow." You know, like and we instantly had this banter and this connection, whatever that connection was, this synergy. 
And she was like, and she was like, wow, you're cute. And I said, well, the good thing is, is because I, because I started with the apple didn't fall far. So with the compliment, she complimented me. And I said, well, the good thing is, is you don't have to worry about me. I'm gay. Oh. And literally. <laughs> and this is a true story. The true story. This all went down like this. And I literally turned around and kind of did a pirouette and kind of like <laughs> as if I, and I walked yeah. off with this, like, kind of like this, chasse. Uh, this uh, chasse and kind of left her hanging. You know what I'm saying? And the story is so. Did you buy that, Ray? You're like, what? I That's thought, not the vibe I, I was getting. Okay for for several weeks. I in fact went and told all the girls in the office. You know the new gay guy, Brandon Williams. Uh, oh my yeah. god, he's so cute. And they were like, Brandon Williams is not gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I found out he wasn't gay. They were like, that guy's not gay. Well, what, too, is so interesting, in the beginning, Rainey used to quote Wedding Crashers, the crazy red Classic. that I think every guy had a crush on that girl because she was the <laughs> ultimate hot psycho that was this, like, sexual deviant. It's like every, it's every man's wet dream. And she used to quote the lines and, like, and I was like, who is this person? And she was like, who are, who, you know, who, and I was just this guy that knew nothing about real estate. I didn't even know what a mortgage was when I got into real estate. And that's the God's honest truth. The I know, only, I know, I know. The only thing that I knew about is that it was the subprime market. I saw some friends get into real estate and I thought maybe I'll do this for a year. Maybe I'll get lucky and yeah. sell a $1 million place. Cause I never thought. I would ever sell anything more than a million dollars. I thought I did not have the credentials. I didn't have the attitude. There was a lot of snobbery at the time, too, in Beverly Hills being an agent. And I looked young. I was 30 years old. So I started wearing suits because I wanted people to. And I always wanted to have a job that wore a suit. And 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 I never had a job that was wearing a suit. I came up, you know, acting and coming from fashion school. And anyways, to make a long story longer. I never thought I'd really be able to do this. Rainy came from the mortgage background. She was selling subprime mortgages at Countrywide. Ah, and, okay. And 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 she had a, a big listing in Truesdale for like five million, four or five million dollars that she door knocked and got this listing. And wow. I was like, listen, I'll help you out. I'll sit at these. I was just eager to learn and get in. And I had these flashcards. And I was like, whatever flashcards. Take. And it was weird. We had this synergy. And, you know, I don't think I could have ever done it like where we got. I don't think I could have ever done it without her. And she couldn't have done it without me. And we made the perfect yin and yang combo. And we were the first ones in, the last ones out. And within eight months, we had done our first at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which I think was a legendary story. Hopefully we'll tell you that later. We did a five and a half million dollar deal. Okay, in 2006, sitting at the Beverly Hills Hotel, in 15 minutes, we met somebody, got them in the car, drove them, and the guy walked around, lit up a cigarette, and said, "Shut it down, offer full price." And then within a year, we did an 18 million, and it just kept. And we were looking at each other as surprised as we were, and you know, out of nowhere was this ragtag crew. You know, she was from nowhere. I was really like, you know, I didn't, you know, I went to Beverly High, but you know, my Beverly Hills. Was San Vicente in Orlando. In yeah, ghetto. South Beverly Hills, Baja and, Beverly and, Hills. I call it the ghetto of Beverly Hills. And, yeah. And, and it just kept growing and growing, and we kept inspiring each other. And, and, and really, we took 
the fundamentals of, you know what, don't count your commission, do right by your clients and really yeah. care about your clients You're and really care so about things together. Well, this is the greatest real estate story. <laughs> I love it. Keep going. And so this is the greatest story. I'm just going to go. So, and so that's kind of really how it all came together. And, and like I said, like there's days and times where I'm so down and I'm so beat up and she takes over and we go back and forth and we constantly well, let's where we met. So when we met, I was about three months in the business. And then no, we were like six months. We oh, always okay. fight on this. She was really six months. Okay, three months, six months. Did you need to She's a rookie. Months? She's six months in, three so months at same time. Five million dollar listing. So yeah, I think three and six months is a big time. It's a big time gap. Okay. So you're new <laughs> to the business. You're both at Norman. We had Mikey on here a couple of weeks ago. So that's classic. That was you met at Norman. Uh, I'm gonna add a little color here. I know Brandon from before real estate. He was an entertainment guy. I knew him before that. I promise you we're not talking Beverly High, Uni High stuff. You know what? It doesn't matter. All bets are off now. I don't It's care. been more than seven years, right? No one can implicate us on anything. My <laughs> wife grew up with Brandon. I always joke, my in-laws are more proud of Brandon than they are of me and what he's done in real estate. I'm like, great. Uh, you know, is Brandon the son-in-law or am I the son-in-law? But anyways, Brandon came, as he said, came from nothing, hustled his way, entertainment guy, you know, fun, fun party guy until you got into real estate. That was like your first serious professional like attempt with the suit on. And then Rainey, I didn't know Rainey, but it sounds like you were a young, ambitious, business-minded, ambitious young woman that wanted to do something big in business. Boom, now you guys are meeting at Normand, new to the business, three or six months in, somewhere in there. Take it from there, Rainey. Exactly. We were in our cubicles and I, and his, cubicle. story, his, his story was right on. His cubicle was two up from mine on the other side. Love and it. After he did his little intro and his little, you know, sick, he would be, I would see him with flashcards. Studying. Studying. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? And <laughs> like, why is he studying flashcards? Like the SAT study. You know, he took it so seriously. And that is really, truly, you saw him, you know, setting up the camera like this is a guy that takes Took it serious everything seriously like whatever we're gonna do whatever the task at hand he wants to do it the best if we're if he's gonna have fun he's gonna have the most fun that you could humanly have if he's gonna do a deal he's gonna do the deal from a to z and and dot every t and dot every i and cross every t i mean this is just brandon he's like very extremely thorough and he always says like the task at hand, whatever the task is, that's the energy that you have to bring. So he brings it and he brings a lot of less as a, as a partner and somebody that, you know, I, I was 25 when I met him, I kind of grew up sort of in my business life and world with him. And he would say to me, you know, you, we would strategize. It was like strategy and, and back and forth all the time. We could play it like this and maybe try it a little more like that. We would get home. We'd be the first ones in the office and the last ones to leave. And around 10 or 1030, when I would get home to my little apartment on Reeves, I would kick off my heels and my feet would be swollen and my phone would ring. And I'd be like, oh, Brandon again. What does he want? He'd be like, what could we, let's recap the day. What could uh, we have done what better? Else? I'm like, <laughs> You know, and that's really grinding. Like, I can sum up Brandon as the most thorough, you know, and he does. He always says there's a right way and a wrong way. You know, there's just no gray for him. 
So you guys were working hard, hustling from the beginning with what you had. Uh, how long before this work partnership became a love affair? Is it right away? You guys mixed uh, business and pleasure right away or did it take time? It took time. We became best best friends. I mean, we, we were with each other 24 seven. And I would look at her sometimes and be like, hmm, like, could I be with this person? Could this person, like, because she had such a great, like bubbly personality and she could talk crap, talk boy talk with the best of them, which really impressed me. It was crazy. Like I said, she was quoting uh, Wedding Crashers and and she could like have this dirty sense of humor, which was really like when a girl has that for me, I don't know, it was a major turn on. And, and she could just talk major shit, uh, excuse my French. And I was like, who the hell is this girl? And she would treat me. And then I'd go in my head and we had such a great synergy and we we're closing so many deals that I'd be like, and then I would think about it and I'm like, no, if that ever happened, like it, it, it would never work. It would be one and done. Like, right. you know, it, you know, to listen. Yeah. To that's the risk of yeah, yeah. mixing. Yeah, exactly. the and, and I was like, don't ruin that. Like it's too sensitive. Don't ever go there. That would be really yeah. dumb, you yeah. know, and that would blow it out and make it really weird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it could and, risk the, and, the and business I, relationship. And my biggest fear ever when it started, so it was about five or six years where we were just partners, partners for five years. And then it went to, it went to uh, one night we were, you know, we started, I, she had somebody she was dating. I had somebody I was dating. And then we broke up and then we were hanging out more and like hanging out more at night. And then it all happened one night and it was like, when it did happen, it was like, oh, my God. And we have this, too. Okay? Yeah. And it was, you know, I wish I could go in further detail. But um, I, I guess this is uh, this is um, for the um, audiences. But anyways, it just we we had all the synergy. We had all the connection. And what was my favorite thing is, is like, do you know, like when you're making love to somebody? Oh, boy, here we and go. You start. <laughs> about something else and you're like and you know like you're like okay don't it's not time yet what did <laughs> i think about and you could start and like oh let's think about real estate deal hey did you end up did you call did you do that what if we did it right. this way? did you negotiate did you do the request for repairs and like it was just 24 7 it was all real estate in, all like, the time you know, the best of situations and that's the god's honest truth it's not like a joke and i'm not being like this is the and that's how, what I think really built up the energy to really explode us to the next level. Yeah, I would think from an outsider, that's either going to go real well, and it has, or that could blow up and be real bad. But it sounds like for you guys, it went really well. Was there times when it first happened where you're both like panicked and like, oh man, what are we doing? We're risking all the business. Or was it just smooth sailing? And it was like, this is working, let's roll with it. And it... Well, relationships are peaks and valleys. Oh, really? And yeah. as, as you know, <laughs> oh man! And, and I think after the first time, like it happened and we hooked up, it didn't happen for like three months. Cause it was like, it. Oh, my so God. you guys were hesitant. Three weeks. Yeah. It was three, weeks. I'm three weeks, three months, six months, three months, but still it wasn't the next night. Three inches, six inches. I mean, you know, whatever it's all hey. relative. Hey. <laughs> all right. We're going to move on past that. That's not, so. Let's say now you guys have, uh, you've been business partners for how long now? How long have you guys been? Partners been partners since 2006, 17 years. Yeah. Okay, so what are some of the lessons, pros and cons? If you're gonna work with your life partner, which some people do, 
you know, what are the what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages that you would think of now that you have done it? Yeah. Or if there's if there's disadvantages, you could just say that. Well, here's here's we're very astrological. We're all about energy. We're all about signs and zodiac signs, energy work, spirituality, and and the whole you know how everything comes together. And I'm a Libra, so Libra is the scales, the scale of truth justice, finding balance, yin and yang, and Libras are really good at working with partners. Okay, John Lennon was a Libra. Little Wayne was a Libra. Little so Wayne. Just you like... got to have your team really? and you got to have your band if it's the Beatles or if it's cash money. So, yeah. um, you know, it was for me, it's, I love working with people. Okay, that's my favorite thing. Like to do it alone for me would be boring and I don't think I could ever do it. So I knew from the start when I got into real estate, it felt very lonely. So I saw yeah. Amy and I was like, how can we do this? This is fun. How can we make it fun? How can we go through the ups and downs and use each other's shoulders to cry yeah. on, to high five each other? And, and that was kind of the, the gig. So to me, being a Libra and I, you know, I, I give it to the to the to the stars and the gods in the sky that for me, it was very easy. But listen, is there has there been fights? Has there been disagreements? But I'm very like, I don't really hold on that much. And I get, you know, we, there was times where we didn't talk for a day or we got so mad or one of us dropped the ball and she's very passionate. She's full blooded Sicilian and Italian. I'm, I'm a mixed pot of everything of, of, of all the cultures. And, uh, you, you know, it's partnerships. It's all about anybody that I can tell in relationships. It's it's all about um, what's the word I'm looking for. It's all about what I always say. No, no, but I always say it's all about um, what's the word that I'm looking for. They're not sorry. You know, the word it's it's um, it's base. What's the word I'm looking for? It's where you just basically have to give it up. Oh, it, surrender. It's, it's I'm not surrender, but it's. God, I'm sorry. Sounds like surrender. <laughs> no, it's just all about not collaboration, but it's it's all about just giving it over and nothing's perfect, you know, and it's like taking Except the good it. with the bad acceptance. But I'm looking for another word. Um, But anyways, we get it. We get it. That's that's what it is. So what are some of the challenges now? Like, obviously, real estate is a high pressure, high stress career. Uh, when you're working with your life partner, there is no, as you say, downtime. It's 24-7, eat, sleep, drink, real estate. So you don't have that compartmentalize or ability to shut down and go home. And so, you know, talk to me now, even though you guys are at the pinnacle of success, and obviously success, there's a lot to it more than just production. But talk to me about, you know, what the challenges are now at this point in your career. And we're you're at a different phase. You guys were agents for many years, and now this is a, a lot of questions in one. Now you're running a business and running a brokerage as well as being agents. So maybe that's some of the challenges. But you guys speak to what are the challenges now at this point? Well, I would say the challenges right now where we are is that that search of balance and that continual search for happiness and inner peace because once you wake up and your feet hit the ground at the level that we operate even just as agents then on top of that you pour a brokerage 
And even before all of that, we're parents and we have a, a marriage. So it's like you, all of it. The, 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 the challenge is how do you balance, right? And the truth is where we are in our lives, we're very imbalanced and we're in search of balance. And we try to find balance by really just, di- you know, diving into our kids or nature or, you know, things like that on our weekends or downtime, which we don't have a lot of. And then I would also say, like, we have little practices that we do. You know, we, we, we're we sober people. You know, we can talk about that because it's a part of our lives. We don't, we, we practice that. And that gives us a lot of clarity. And we both meditate. And, you know, I practice Kundalini and he does, you know, jujitsu and all sorts of different things that retrain the brain and really get you to a different place in your psyche where you're tapping into happiness and a calm space in the midst of, okay, great. By nine o'clock, you filled it, you've, you've taken in a hundred phone calls. You know, it's like drop off the kids and on the way home, you have back to back to back calls until you go to your first appointment. And I'm sure you, you know, you do it too. And I think the challenges are always changing, right? But I think at this particular, I, I don't know. I mean, Brandon, you you can say what you think the challenge is, but especially as a wife, as a mother, I find that, you know, we have 78 broke, broke agents that are broken. Yeah. That um, they didn't come here because they didn't think they had access to Rainey and Brandon. Right. 78 like, people that have their own issues that they need to talk to you about. It. Yeah, so it's like take all your day to day for the your book of business. And we have a billion dollar book of business with high profile people. Their time in a lot of cases is more valuable than our time. They're running studios. They're doing, they're speaking to people and doing things on a level that if they call, we have to answer. We cannot even call them back in 10 minutes. We will miss them because they go to the next. You know what I mean? And I feel that our success rate and our um, level of service really comes from genuinely caring and we love the people that we work with and we want to serve them. We want to do, you know, we want to do right by them. So it's, it's all of those people on top of the personal stuff, all of those people. And now all of the agents and they don't listen, they don't all call at once and they don't all call every day, but you know, I probably talked to a good 10 agents today, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of calls on top so, of your own so, stuff, on top of my own stuff. And what about you? What do you think? Well, you know, I think we're going into a changing market. And, you know, I think people value, especially realtors, value themselves on their last deal, kind of like Hollywood. You're only as good as your last deal. What do I have on the plate? What yeah. do I have going on? Right. How many deals do I have in escrow? Are you going to be the man this year? Yeah. And, you know, luckily, I believe in the 10,000 rule. And, I, you know, we've done this now more than 10,000 times. And, you know, I, I believe we're senior broke there. We're all senior brokers. Now we put in our time, paid our dues. <laughs> yeah. We paid our dues. We're going on close to, you know, uh, 17, 18 years of being in the business, which is crazy. It's almost, you know, uh, 20 years now mm-hmm. between Rainy and I, we have, you know, 36, 37 years, 38 years of real estate between us, not to mention it's actually more than that because residential real estate is seven days a week. Yes. Okay. Yes. 24 seven. There, nobody cares about you want to be a residential real estate broker. Let yeah. o'clock at night, Sunday, Saturday. Right. I wish I was in Korea. holidays. 
commercial real estate uh what don't call me on the weekend yeah you know what job that operates seven days a week and kind of it heats up more on the weekend so to find time to balance yourself and to find inner peace love give back to your family your friends it's it's a constant balance and I was talking with an agent right now who's a hugely successful agent at our firm, and she hasn't had a deal for two or three months. And I go, and she was like worried and feeling insecure. And I said, you're very little, common, right? Yeah, of course. And I go, you're a legend. All we need to focus on right now is, is, is showing up. Doing what we do, our everyday things, just because the news or the media or the banks or, or other agents going, how many things do you have in escrow right now? Or clients doubting you. Right. Okay. What? Oh, why is it my phone ringing right now? Why haven't you had more show? Why don't we have an offer? You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can you change the photo? Can yeah. you change the text? <laughs> yeah. oh, have you marketed to Kazakhstan? Right. Because yeah. I heard my friend sold the buyer to Ka- a Kazakhstanian. And yes. I think there, there's a new surge of Kazakhstanian. Surge. Like it's yeah, there's been one sale in 26 years, but there's yeah. a surge. Have you done a $20,000 champagne caviar party? Yeah. Because that's going to sell it. Right. I got it. It's challenging so, times. That's We're getting more of that. Oh, my God. It's draining just even thinking about it. But going back to it, it's like we have to know our self-worth. We have to know our self-love. We have to have inner confidence and know what we're about because we're not as good as our last deal. We know, and through challenging times, we have to come together. We have to share war stories. We have to collaborate. We have to think outside the box. We have to be dead honest with our clients and say, here's where we're at. And we have to be willing to walk away and say, listen, then you're not a real seller because this is the reality of the market. And I'm okay with that. And it's hard to be very hard to get to that place. Dead honest in a challenging market. And my favorite saying is, is I love movies, not a lot of movies, but you know, in heat. Okay. De Niro and Pacino have this have the, the that famous meeting. And supposedly it was one of the only times that they acted together up until that point at Kate Manalini. And Pacino was coming after De Niro. And and Pacino, you know, basically said, like, what are you going to do? You know, like, what, what are you going to do with, like, what's, I'm coming after you. He said, and De Niro said to him, and he said, I don't get myself in any situation that I can't Again. walk away from in 30 seconds when the heat's coming around the corner. Yeah. And that line, if you think about <laughs> yeah. it, and it's like any relationship, if you can't walk away and say, you know what? Yeah. I know who I it's am. Not working. I know my self-worth. And if we're not on the same page yeah. and we're not like, and we're not seeing eye to eye, all good. Hire somebody else. Do this. Like I'm doing all that I can. Do you think I don't want to sell your property? No, I want to sit on it and not sell it. Cause that's, of course, we don't, we don't, we don't get paid by the, we're not lawyers. Right. We only get paid if we close deals. So it's a very challenging time. It's a challenging market. And, you know, we have to really love ourselves. And this is such good stuff to unpack because what you're talking now at a high level, if you're a high level 
agent and you're in it like we've all been in for decades, this balance that we're always fighting because it's 24 seven, high stress we're always fighting and having these tough conversations that you have to be direct and honest. And it, it may be that you're not getting the deal. You gotta be honest with people. And sometimes it is what it is. Like you said, you gotta protect yourself. Otherwise it becomes toxic. And I love to hear that you guys are, you know, the meditation, the fitness, that's really important if you're doing a high pressure career like this, because otherwise, how do you ever get out of the chaos? I mean, you need to take those moments of figuring out how to carve out, even if it's a few minutes, some way to get centered, some way to get some fitness, some way to clear your head. So it's really, it's so much to unpack. There's so many nuggets. Uh, do you guys force yourselves to take vacations? Because as you've said, at 24-7, every vacation I go on, I, you know, I, it, I have to work. But at the same time, I force myself. My wife, Jess, has helped me do that. I, I have to force myself to just go. I and mean, what is your take on that to protect your, your health? And we, we've gotten better at it. I mean, we, we've always taken, the first five years, we never took a vacation. We didn't have an assistant. We didn't take a vacation. We're, you know, we're grinders. We're happy. We, we, we came together for a uh, mirage of reasons, but also because. A barrage. That's what I said, mirage. But it is a mirage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this a mirage? Because we have the same work ethic, but also because we like the same things. But we now, we've always taken a year, a yearly vacation, like somewhere nice and somewhere yeah. we can educate ourselves and do something. But now with kids, we really Pain. lean into spring break and we do all right. of that. And we also, too, it was always my dream to own a Malibu home. Okay, Malibu is only a half an hour away, but some people go, oh, my God, it's so far away. But it was always our goal. And we started leasing Malibu homes and then going, you know what? It's actually just as cheap if you lease it year round. And actually, yeah. wintertime to me is my favorite time in Malibu because you have these most beautiful days. Yeah. Even the rain is beautiful. So we're we 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 bought a Malibu home. And it's like glamping. Now, it's not this big over-the-top house. It's a 2,400-square-foot mid-century house from the 60s right on the beach. Yeah. But it's my, it's, it's, it's my dream home, and that's all I need. It's, it keeps the, and it feels like glamping. Okay, say whatever you want. And so it's so nice to be able to run out there. And then all of a sudden, a client goes, dude, oh, my God, we got a big deal. We got to come back and see it right now. I could run back right You're out of close. town. So. But just being out there and seeing the ocean, smelling the ocean, and being in a different place in Beverly Hills mm -hmm. breaks up the anatomy, you know, anotony, uh, monotony. Monotony. Thank you. That's See, why we're struggling with words today. So and so that's helped. It's late. Us. It's late. It, it's helped us tremendously, and 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 also knowing when to shut it off, knowing that you know we have our set training hours to to train and be with our kids, but. Listen, be if you want to be a high-end residential broker, your phone's always got you always got to be answering and calling back fast. Otherwise, people won't want to work with you. It's just it's come to that climate now, unfortunately, with the smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. It can, it's hard to unplug. All right, I'm gonna get into some fun stuff soon, but before we do, I wanna get into uh you've started your own brokerage. It's been a couple of years, has it been three years, two years? I, I don't remember the exact date. Yeah. But you know, obviously high power boutique brokerage because of what you guys have done. But talk to me about some of the unique elements. You guys are doing this whole social club, which is a really unique thing. I've never heard that done in real estate. Talk to me a little bit about that and what that looks like. 
And where's my invite, baby? Where's my invite? Well, Danny, you know you have the VIP invite, okay? And we need you over here do, running the podcast from here. So we're going to talk about, we're coming after you, Danny. So don't Hi. think that we're not. Okay, you are a power broker, we have, and we need you on the team. We have a whole media sector at underground that we tapped into. We have a green screen. You you can't believe it. Of course it. you do, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. We have an editing bay. We we have the, the coolest space here. But I'll just tell you a little bit about it. And um, Brandon really found this space. It was like in 2020. He was driving around when no one no, was on the show. I want to start, and then you start off. I'm going to start with start. So. I, we were at Normanisa Square at Hilton Highland, and we learned a lot, and we're truly blessed to be at these brokerages. But to us, it's our own vibe, okay? We needed our own essence and vibe. And I wanted to really come into a collaborative space where people are hanging out, good music is playing, incense, and it felt more of like a hang. Like, a, you know, I told you, I base a lot of my thoughts and everything off a of social club. And I love the social club in Goodfellas that Henry Hill gets started at. And I said, that's what I want to make is a, a real estate club like that. So our first big deal, our five and a half million dollar deal on the six, on the eighth month came out of the Polo Lounge in the Beverly Hills Hotel. So we've always loved the Polo Lounge. We love the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's ground zero. So that was an inspiration. And we said, let's do, we were trying to figure out the space. And I love Sunset Boulevard because across, Sunset Boulevard, if you want to get a billboard space, it's the most expensive space in the city for billboards. Then we're Caddy Corner to the Whiskey A Go Go. The, my favorite band is The Doors. That's where they got started out of. We have the San Vicente Bungalows, two blocks down. We have the Bird Streets Club. Two blocks down, Tom Ford's office, where David Geffen's office is, is a block down. I said, this is where I want to be because I kind of wanted to get away from the brokerages on Cannon Drive. And yeah. I these brokerages, and I'd see these realtors kind of like slumped over and defeated. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to be reminded of that. I want to create my own sexy set and yeah. live in our own and you have. fantasy dream. And I think when anybody steps in their office, they go, holy you got you can't really tell from the front. It's kind of like the social club in, in the good clothes where you can't really tell. But when you step in here, you get transported. And that's why we have all this, you know, yep. kind of. And then Rainy being the genius she was. And we started this at, at like the first week of COVID or second week of COVID. I, right. was, I was never really a big believer, not saying COVID didn't happen, but it's not going to keep me in my house. Okay. And I'm like, listen, I'm out here like, you know, and, you know, I did my own due diligence on COVID and I realized very fast that, it, you know, listen, it was bad for some people, but most people it wasn't. And and I'm, you know, I love to do due diligence. And I said, I'm building out my own space because Hilton Highland said, you're not allowed back in here. And I'm going to pay 20% of my VIG and not be allowed in the office. And, and I knew it was time that we had to grow and set up and create our own vibe. And it was time. And then Rainey, was like, we're going to create, and, you know, I had the idea, but I wasn't smart enough. She was the one that said, we're going to create this social club, and it's going to be like a Soho house, and it's going to be this, you know, this this creative, commutative culture where we all could collaborate, and we're going to create this, our own kind of like a WeWork Soho house of real estate, and she was the real genius. So I built out, kind of had the big vision, and she obviously had the business sense of pulling that all together. I'm going to let you take it from here. 
Um, well, I think he, he really covered it. And what our, our objective was, you go to London and there's the financial clubs that all, you know, all the finance guys go to. There's the other social clubs that are open to, you know, everyone else. And, the, you know, everybody is revered there except for realtors. Nobody really looks at us like, hey, we want them in our club. In fact, it's always like they don't want realtors. Or right. when, when we go to the Soho house because they know us, you know, they're, we were brand new. Well, I was one of the members. first members because I got in there. So, but the, their whole but thing they was we. They don't want realtors. Yeah, they don't want. Yeah, them. no realtors. No realtors. Yeah. <laughs> Assistant would call to make an appointment. They would she, she they would say, "Well, remember, tell Brandon no suit." You know, they don't want suits. They don't want realtors. And so, we thought we were like, we have to be more in this world that we're living in, more than just realtors, right? We have to be. This is a global market, and this is the outreach is exponential for what we can all do. We're not just realtors anymore. This isn't like a one-page RPA and you're on the back of the trunk writing it up. Like yeah. not our grandmothers and mothers' real estate business. You're a portfolio advisor. If you're at the upper echelon, if you're the best of the best, you're advising your clients, their children. You're doing generational wealth. You are helping them to build their, one of their biggest assets, if not their biggest, you know, chunk of their portfolio. So. We thought, why not incorporate and teach these agents what we, for almost 20 years, learned, which is the top architects, the top designers, the top landscape firms, anything real estate, even as far as lifestyle. home lending, anything lifestyle. So we brought our personal invitations, when it's invitation only, and all of the agents are automatic members. There's a very minimal fee, but you get a full-time barista where you can have, you could reserve a booth. You, we have a huge conference room. We have the media sector that I was telling you about. So we want other agents from different parts of the world that we collaborate with to feel like if they come into LA, you know, you can pull up and bring your laptop and work from here. And then so can our landscapers, architects, designers, and any of the other members that we have. We have the best smoothies and coffee and matcha danny you have to come you're an honorary member you have to come. okay appreciate it i'll get i'll get I, some I want, juice I, I want to add on that you know when i first got started out we were at starbucks going to starbucks six times a day you know, <laughs> that's kind of my you know drug of choice is caffeine i'm drinking a, a latte right now yeah I, I love the taste of it coffee never gets old to me and i love to just keep consuming it so <laughs> we would literally go to starbucks six times a day and i was like listen i'm tired of not having like a real, and if there was a coffee machine at a place, it was like, ugh, you're like, I'm gonna, so I wanted to create like a one-stop shop of like having this amazing experience where you don't have to leave. You come in here, you're gonna be comfortable, you could get a smoothie, drinks, food, and and, and you're gonna be presented well, with- Also, because remember, so when we were at Normand and Associates, we both love coffee. Brandon and I love everything the same. We, have, we love, we have the same aesthetic, like when we build houses, I'm like, just go for it, babe, because he's so good. And we love I love everything he loves. We love coffee. We love whatever. The same music, the same movies. So when we were doing this, uh, or when we were at Normand, we would have across the street would be Starbucks. And we would either park, I remember parking at a meter because when you're early on, they're not going to give you parking, right? And so we earned our parking and you'd always have to every two hours move your car. I, yeah. I never want my agents to have to leave to get a coffee. 
or, or to get nice. a snack or you know you could bring in your clients and reserve the bath booth and have we have an amazing brazilian barista who loves what she does the best Aussie people like she's just it's great it's, it's I, so I i'm a big music guy too and you know, for me if i was to just think of myself as a realtor i'd want to put a bullet in my head honestly and i hate i get it i get it not saying that so i want to make it as fun and as collaborative and as sexy as possible so you know that's why to me dressing up and like you know looking really sharp and 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 getting to come into this space and then you know having my partner be this you know stylized badass female boss ceo she's the ceo of the beverly hills estates and to me like it's just the whole pa- it's like what it, it, who are these guys you know what is it? is this out of a movie because i dream in terms of movies like you know i used to see james bond and i used to see him pour a drink and say shake and not sure i'm like i want to be that guy yeah saying and 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 to me when i got started in real estate it was like my one of my favorite shows was miami vice oh guys, and and Come on. To, yeah these guys got to drive around okay in cool cars looking sharp and busting drug dealers but to me instead of like being a drug dealer like we got to sell a house and then get this loot and then it was that same kind <laughs> of visual and that's how i would that's how i would trick myself that you're not just hey. average yeah. realtor joe you know in this average you know so we'd make it fun and exciting. And I yeah, think, you create this whole culture and story yeah, around what you're doing. Yeah. That gives you energy and passion. I love it. And I think it's it. infectious and it's inspiring. It and is. I, think, I love it. And I think, you know, inspiring people and inspiring clients to go, hey, I want to work with these people. Because it seems not only real estate deals could be really, you know, boring, annoying, and people, we wanted to make it fun, exciting, and provide an amazing service so that they're like, hey. Because this is a referral business. Mm. And I think we've really achieved that and have achieved that dream. And I think it's infectious. And I think now other realtors are going, hey, I want to work with that. And, you know, our real goal is to share it. You can't keep it if you don't give it back. So I want, I, I, I'm willing to give away all of our secrets to everybody. I want to see everybody do well. I want to see all of our agents really come together. We have the best office meetings on Tuesday. It's like, it's a true collaboration. Right now, we're listening to Ika Mouse Reggae Station, which, you know, I love reggae. I listen to, we listen to 80s, 80s rock in here. It's like, you know, it's it's different than your average. And I think when people step in here, they're like, damn, what are you guys doing different? And I think now all the kind of the the, the, um, the firms now are trying to catch up because they're like, oh, shit, what are they doing different? So um, but they but listen, you either really you either really mean it to be or not to be. You know what I'm saying? You really mean it and you really believe it. So it's a, and you can tell when somebody's kind of trying to fake it or they really have it. And I believe like this is the synergy that we're creating and that we have to create. Otherwise, like. I just want to stay home and, and watch Netflix and be like, you know what? I'm not going out there today because you know what? As a realtor, 90, 90% of our phone calls, 95%, yeah, they don't like it. Yeah, they're passing. Um, Negative stuff. The next time. Like we have to be really good at the mundane bad phone calls of like, and, and then of course they're going to blame you. Well, it's my realtor. It's the realtor. It's the realtor always. You know? <laughs> So look, you hit on so much stuff. 
you guys, Jessica and I always talk about, you guys have impeccable taste and design style from your fashion and your office, your interior. It's clear. It's always has been. Uh, I'd love to hear, like, who are some designers and artists and architects and it, from any part, could be music, film, art, that have inspired you guys or that you guys like that, that make you guys feel like, yeah, that's, that's on point or that whatever. It could be old. It could be new. It could be anything. I'm going to jump in on this because I just like anything that's cool. And you know what? You don't have to have money to be cool. You know, like what made Basquiat the coolest street artist, okay, was he was this, you know, weird character from the streets. And he came up with this such unique art that if you were a betting man and you saw Basquiat, you would never believe today that his paintings would sell yeah. for a hundred million dollars. No, but you know, probably you know, throw it away. The other one gave yeah, it, it to you. But, but, but Bas, it's to be or not to be. And it was the style and the essence that Basquiat carried and even how complicated he was as a human being. And it's like, now you, somebody says that's a Basquiat. You're like, holy shit. He was the best artist of all time whether he was or not. So to me, it's an attitude. To me, it's a style. And to me, it's surrounding you know yourself with cool people. And what I loved about Miles Davis was, is he always wanted to surround himself with younger people because they were the ones creating new fashions, the new styles. You know, listen, money doesn't buy style. You don't have that money to buy style. And you know, when I met Rainey, we both had no money. And I instantly commented on her dress and I go wow that was a cool dress and it was a vintage dress that she picked up at a vintage store for not a lot of money so you know there you, you know, go you don't need I, money to have style or taste yeah so I think it's just wanting to be constantly learning and and going and, and feeding off we just watched a documentary on Warhol and he was always surrounding himself with the next artist the next cool person the next DJ the next hot spot because he just he wanted that and he had to keep himself around that. And that's really what I teach, you know, our agents or anybody. It's like surround yourself with the winners. And that just doesn't mean the people making money. It means the people that are creating and inspiring. Well, it's, it's like when you're young, you look to the past eras. And that's what I did. I was always, uh, like Brandon said, and he was the same. We were always old school. So we would, you know, as a young 20 year old girl in the business, I was always in Chanel jackets and I would either get them from my grandma or secondhand or like mixing it with something fun, fun and funky because you look to the past to go for a feeling. It's an, it's a genre. It's, it's an era. It's a je ne sais quoi. It's, it's what, it's a feeling that you get from the fifties, the way Jackie Kennedy made me feel the way her pillbox hat looked I didn't want to wear a pillbox hat but I wanted to be chic I wanted to embody her energy and I wanted a JFK you know what I mean like you want that it's a stature it's like a it's a way of being it's a way of life and then when you get older not, and not that we're old we're in our 40s I'm in my early 40s but like you look to the youth because now they're bringing a different energy and a different vibe that you want to cross pollinate with and I think that that's you know we look to the past and now we look we, we, we look to the future and we have some young guns that when I tell you Danny they are exactly it's so palpable where we're where real estate is going and that's why we created this social club because you come with an idea and you leave with five or ten because of the hand-picked 
people that are here, everyone is interesting. There's not one of our agents that we don't riff with. And Brandon and I always say like, it's so interesting because you know, some of them are 20 years younger than us, but we feel that we're speaking the same language. And why? Because they're staying relevant to all eras and we're staying relevant and, and we're mixing together and we're creating magic because really, you know, for any of us, you have to, if you don't see where real estate's going or you don't see that it's drastically evolving, you know, then you're just, you're behind. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in real quick. It's the willingness to want to learn and to keep learning. Yeah. And that's being a realtor. Like you think like, oh, we've done billions of dollars of real estate. We know everything there is about real estate. Bullshit. Yeah. You're in every single new deal. There's a new something one. Comes you're up. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You're always something new. Always. Like residential real estate that there's something to learn in every single new deal to protect yourself, yeah. to protect your clients. And it could be something as stupid as writing in the audio and visual for the home or something as, as simple as protecting yourself to give yourself a release. I mean, there's just every there's so many. Still, yeah. There's like something new to learn. And you think that you know it all, but you don't. And it's the willingness to want to learn. And when I got in this business, I didn't know who Lautner was. Okay. I had been to a Lautner. I used to go up to the Goldstein's house and party there and go, what the hell house is this? Right. But you didn't know it was no, a lot. I didn't know it was interesting. I didn't know who Neutra was. I didn't know who Hal Levitt was. I didn't know, you know, Zaha. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know what a mortgage was, but it was the willingness to want to learn. And now I could say we work with Hedy Slamane. He's the top designer. He's Celine, Saint Laurent, Dior, the baddest designer. We worked with Sol Bernard Arnoa House, the king. Like to, like to say this, it brings chills on my back. We work with the Mary. We work with Richard of Fashion Nova. It's like, and I went to fashion school. So for me, it's like, I'm a fan. But listen, we can hold our own with them. And we could treat them as also like, okay, you're not, you know, you're just like us. And, 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 and I think they dig that, you know, we're constantly learning. We could talk about, we had Joseph Durant, the number one architect and interior designer out of Paris, France come into our office and I didn't even know who I was talking to for the first 20 minutes. And I go, wait, hold on. You're Joseph. Durant. What the hell? And he literally came in like a regular looking. It was crazy. We've had Michael Meldman come and talk. The biggest high-end developer in the, in the world come in and talk at our firm. We've had Paul McLean. We've had standard architects. Standard architects. Like I just, and, and you know, I want to rub elbows with these people. It's not always it's not always easy. And, you know, I think us as being individuals, it's like, well, they don't really know me. And, you know, I don't know them. And, you know, I'm going to stay in my corner. They stand there. And, and but I think, you know, as realtors, we have to step outside of ourselves and play a character and be like, OK, I'm going to be the ultimate realtor. I'm going to learn who these people are. I'm going to call them up. Hey, I'm going to introduce myself. I'd love to work with you one day. Hopefully I get to sell one of your houses. Oh, by the way, I've sold three of your houses. I love your floor plan. I love your light. I love the way that you did on that house that I sold of yours. That it was incredible. And the light and the how and they love that. When you have something in common with somebody and say, oh, my God, I saw your one runway show. That music and the lighting and the way that it came out and started gave me chills. 
And they're like, wow, this guy, like, he's really into it. And people love passion. And there's one thing that never goes out of style, and that's passion. And I think we have to keep inspiring ourselves to want to be better. And we're not just realtors, okay? We're lifestyle. We're matchmakers. We, Your home is your most important place. It's where you live. It's where you sleep. It's where you spend time with your family. It's where we had to spend in the, in the pandemic and COVID where they locked us down. I mean, you were like, oh, my God. And to be in Los Angeles, California, our weather, the sun, the lighting, you know, the stars. I go outside my backyard and I can see satellite in my, in my backyard. We live in Truesdale and I'm three blocks off the Sunset Strip. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm seeing satellites right now. Am I in Montana? You know, it's interesting because the uh, a, th a threat I've seen and you've touched on it with a lot of highly successful people is the uh, the passion to want to learn and always want to learn. And no matter what an expert you may think you are, you're always open to learning yeah, and yeah. being humble and being open minded and absorbing because there is always uh, so much to learn. And of course, the energy and enthusiasm and passion uh, is clear. And that's also a uh, an intangible that you, you can't you can't put you can't really put a price point on the value that that has if you're authentic and passionate about stuff and uh and you guys clearly are uh, in so many different things not just homes but so many things that encompass our world and our ecosystem it's it, it's fascinating so if you guys are going somewhere and you could go anywhere and it doesn't matter how busy you are where's your next travel destination could be with kids without kids where would you want to go or name a few if there's a few. Well, we went to we went to uh Rainey's good at Rainey's good at uh uh we went to the Brando Island last year. Oh Arlen, Brando's Island in Tahiti. And I there was you like, go. And, and I'm kind of like I'm hard to get like get outside of my, you know, to go outside of my zone. And I was like, where is this? How many people are here? It's this little island, there's no surfing. <laughs> They wouldn't even let me. I tried to bring my electric e-foil and they wouldn't even let me bring my. They're like, no, you cannot disturb the fish and you're not even allowed to take a shell home. And I'm like, oh, God, where am I going? And it was the most rainy got me there and it was the most amazing place in the world. And it's all our kids talk about. It's it's um. there's no rats. There's no mosquitoes. There's no plastic. There's no plastic. There's no plastic on the. You're not allowed to bring plastic on the island. Like they, it is. It is a self-sustaining ecosystem. And this was Marlo Marlon Brando's dream. And so you know Marlon. Of course, we love Marlon Brando, and we love relaxing. We, we were looking for relaxation. It was. It was about a year and a half after we launched the firm. We have in place a fabulous general manager. We he he's running things. We're like we can take a deep breath, and I said let's do this. So we go to the Brando, and I will say to you that if anybody's looking for a fabulous trip, it's a must go to. Um, it it for all the reasons I just said, you can ride your bike on the island. There's no real. I mean, it's it's just literally like laying low and being I, at peace with nature. I, I'm very rarely ever relaxed. And this, I was like, you seem very I, relaxed. You're chill. I I, 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 literally went there and I was like, oh, like it was like I shed hundreds of pounds. And I was like, oh, that's great. I just like it was the most amazing. <laughs> but you know, we are going. So also to answer your question, we're going to London in a couple of weeks with our children 
and our 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 son is five and he's very into um you know he's very into like uh the the red coats and different aspects of british culture so yeah there's we're the fun culture there. and we always we also mix a little anytime we go on a trip we mix in some business we have a little bit of business to do in london and um we just make experiences for our kids which as a father i'm sure you can relate yeah. we always do europe once a year this year we're going to go to sicily i'm going to take them to see some of oh. my heritage what are some of the, the hotels you guys love? I mean, some of these old historic hotels. You guys are such design buffs and style uh, well, aficionados. I love, I love El Pelicano. We love Hotel du Cap. Um, we love ah, wow. La Serenuse. Like, there's so many different European oh. hotels. And when our kids get older, we want to do like Cambodia and Africa and all these different things. But we still have, our kids are kind of little. So we're still doing the very, you know, even though they're hard to get to, our kids travel well. But there, we're going to, places that are safe and, and a little cushy. But I do think it's important when they get a bit older to show them other parts of the world. And that's something that I'm, Brandon just went to Japan. Well, I just went to Japan snowboarding, which was incredible. I went on a curated trip to Japan and snowboarded all over Japan, which I'd never been to Japan yet. I, you know, I've been to Indonesia several times surfing. I've been to Chile, helicopter snowboarding, Alaska. I was just in one of my favorite places in the world, and that's Mount Baldy, California, <laughs> 55 minutes away from Los Angeles. Yeah, it's right out my window. I could see yeah, snow. Yeah, and I was just snowboarding in the most amazing powder and really? hiking out of bounds right in Baldy. So, listen, I, you know, something you know, rainy names all these hotels, and it kind of makes my skin because I'm like, you know, we're not these people, and it's like these, these high end. She is, so it's hard to get me there. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, and I feel, but like, you know, we went to Hotel du Cap and it was such an amazing place and for our kids. And luckily they had a diving board that went to the ocean and they had all these sea toys and yeah. sea bobs. And I was literally in the, the ocean the whole time. I'm not really somebody that could just sit and lie around a pool all day long. I have doing stuff, but, um, you know, listen, that's all a blessing of working hard and, 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 and the benefits of our job. And, uh, I'm similar. I can't sit still at resorts. I'm always like, hey, is there going to be surfing? Is there going to be bike? Like, is there something we can yeah. do? I don't want to sit at the pool yeah. and uh, reading a book is fine for an hour, but that's then I got, I need to do something. Uh, before we break, any crazy stories? I know there's so many and you probably can't share a lot. Any crazy real estate related stories? I know, you know, I, the Lenny Kravitz story I've heard before. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell that. You know what? We have so many crazy real estate stories that I honestly could sit here for 10 hours telling them. Right. That could be and, an Netflix and, show. And listen, I think great stories build your legend, whatever you are in life. It's like, oh my God, your story, you know, the story about your grandfather, grandmother, and like they were legends. And it's these stories that build you up. And of course, Stories could be bigger. They say stories are bigger life. And that's where great movies come out of or great, you know, wise tales. But um, I have a few stories. And, and I think this was really the story that broke us. Okay. Um, we were sitting at the Beverly Hills Hotel. We're eight months into real estate. Rainy and I had, you know, a teamed up. And we were meeting this guy that was from Egypt that Rainy met. That was this, you know, kind of, you know, knew all these people from the Middle East and he was going to refer us clients and we were going to give him a kickback and yeah. nothing ever happened. Of course, <laughs> never, 
Okay. And, but we're sitting there and something did happen. Okay. And this is what I love about life because when you think this is the main thing, there's usually something else over here. Completely different. But you know what they say? 98% of life, and I'm not going to say 90, I'm going to say 98, is just showing up. Okay, because it's so it. easy to go, we don't really, we don't have to do that. That's going to cost money. That's going to be an, that's going to be a $50 hot dog at the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you know, and, you know, we we're just too young. But anyways, we saw this guy, Rainey says, Brandon, that guy's looking at MLS listings over there on his page. He's looking at real estate. <laughs> and I turn around and I look and I see this older kind of cool guy out of like a movie. He was out of like a James Bond film, this older guy. And sitting right next to him is his young, hot, smoking 30-something wife. This guy's in his 60s. And okay. then sitting next to them is their three-year-old Chinese daughter. So obviously they adopt, like, you know, like, okay, it's like, yeah. and then sitting next to them on this side is like a bodyguard. And then sitting over here is like another body car driver. And then like some random friend. He had like a whole entourage. Whole posse. Yeah. MLS listing. And Rainey said, look, at, he's looking at MLS. And I instantly, without hesitation, I look at him and I go, I go, watch me go to work. Okay. And I actually was really cocky because I was putting on a show for them. And I said, watch the master go to work. Oh. I knew nothing. Okay. <laughs> I was the least bit of a master, but I walked over there and I had the courage. You had the courage, the balls to do it. Walk over there and I'm like, and what do I, what do great salespeople do? They find stuff in common and they get information out of, of whoever they are to put together a case. Because what we're trying to do is find the information, build a case and get them there before the next guy being a realtor. So I go over there and I'm like, hey, where are you guys from? They go, Paris, France. I, oh my God, the most beautiful city in the world, Paris. Oh my, we love, I actually surfed in Bear Ritz. There's a great surfing. And they're like, oh, yeah. surfing Bear Ritz. Oh my Bear God. Ritz. It was great. And I go, yes. I go, oh my God. And I go, what are you guys looking at? And he's like, and of course I knew what he was looking at. Yeah. But I'm asking questions because I'm trying to get him to talk. Let him. And he said, MLS listings. And then. He, he and he go and then the next thing out of his mouth, basically a gift from God. He said, and I'm devastated. In a French accent, he said, "We told our realtor to offer full price on this property, and he offered a hundred thousand dollars less." And he, oh no! And he and and we lost the property. Of now, remember, this was in the subprime when there was five to ten offers on everything. Okay. And I go, and I go, what was the property? And he said, on Kip Drive. I said, the orange Mediterranean. You knew it. 7,600 square feet on an 18,000 square foot lot, seven bedrooms. And he was like, how do you, you know? Knew that. And we knew because when we instantly got into real estate, we would look at everything. We there you go. Another. Became a specialist and looked at everything. And, I, and they were like, oh my God, how do you know? I said, I told you, this is what I do. I'm a realtor. This is my neighborhood. I know everything. Okay. It's called fake it till you make it. We're eight months in the business, okay? Yeah. And I said, "Oh, you like that house? Like you like that house?" And it was the it was an orange Mediterranean. It was Mediterranean at the time. We're all like, you know, that was the craze. And I said, and I and I knew we knew of another listing that hadn't been listed yet. That was the Mediterranean that was similar because there were there you go all over the city. And I said, "I have something better." And he goes. 
can we see it? I said, of course we can see it. And I go, he goes, can we go now? I go, of course we can go now. And we literally look, look at our buddy out there and we go, nice to meet you. We're going to pay for this. We're taking him right now to show him a property, okay? Because I just knew that he was legit. You left and go right to it? We didn't even get the guy's name. We had no idea. But no, we knew nothing. He was at the Beverly Hills Hotel. You know he's legit. He's got a bodyguard. Okay. Right. He had a full entourage, a smoking hot wife. And we go, okay, let's go. We take him there. This is a true story. This is no exaggeration. We take him there. We take him to this house. We didn't even call the realtor because we knew that it was like almost being ready. And we just show up. And the realtor happened to be there with another client. And we're like, hey, we have a client. We know the developer because we had been here before. Who was that? We got it there. It was, it was, we had no idea. Anyways, we bring, oh. we walk the guy through and they all come in, his whole entourage. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. This is exactly like the other property because we do the inventory. We're out there. The guy literally walks around. He looks at the living room, looks at the kitchen, sees an elevator, and looks at me and goes, <laughs> and then sits back, down, sits back down on the couch, and he pulls out a cigarette. No, starts smoking, He's smoking in the house, starts smoking, and he says, "Shut it down, offer full price." Now at That's the it. time, at the time, I didn't even know what that meant. I've never yeah, yeah. been told shut it down. I've never been told offer full price. We had no idea. And I go, no, you don't understand. You're going to get us in trouble. You can't smoke in the house. Right, no smoking. <laughs> he goes, shut it down, offer full price. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. You can't smoke in here. He's it's, like, it's my And he goes, he goes like this. He goes, this is my house. Go <laughs> right now and go get a contract and offer. Get it done. We're like, and we looked at each other like, oh, my God. This is and, happening. And, and we made on the eighth month a $5.5 million deal. Little did we know the driver was actually getting a kickback from another realtor. That was and the driver was trying to kill like us. kill our kill deal. Blow up the deal. And then we come to find out. We didn't even know who it was. It was Johnny Holiday. I'm like, the, what's your name? The, hey, it, it was, like, hey, it was Johnny. Johnny, Johnny Holiday. The eldest of France. Singer, yeah. If, if you, he also has a documentary, which is he has <coughs> a show right now on Netflix called Johnny Holiday. This guy's the back came from the streets. Okay. And he like they were like yeah, that's him. he was and my my stepfather a was a huge fan. And that was like the oh shit moment where we looked at each other and go, you know what, we're good. We can make it in this town. And if we can sell Johnny House a holiday in five minutes and do like this. And there was been so many other stories, like the Lenny Kravitz story. And I love the streets. The streets is my office. And that's where you want to be a good realtor, you got to talk. Yeah, about it. it happens out there, not in the yeah. office. Exactly. That just reinforces what I've always say and know. It's like, this doesn't happen by accident. You don't become elite in real estate or anything by accident. And for you to do what you did, the fearlessness to even go up to the guy, right? So you have to be fearless, which is really hard for to do, to step out of yourself and be, call it aggressive, fearless, really is what it is. But on top of that, you said fake it till you make it, but you knew your shit. You knew the inventory. Maybe you had nothing but time because you didn't have enough clients. You studied, you knew your shit. You can't, this isn't, you don't get successful by accident. But you you know, gotta know your stuff. You know what I find though a lot of people go, give me your number, I'll email you. I could set it up this week. No, it was now. 
It let's was, go now. We too. have that moment now. And it was like, let's go now. Yep. And that's what I think has made us successful. It's like, oh, really? Right now. Now. That sums it up. I love it. That sums it up. I, look, I don't want to take up more of your time. We can go on for hours. This could be a show. This could be a, a series. We could go on with stories. Or you guys are uh, unbelievable. Always fun to talk to. And I know you got 100 phone calls, or if not 200 to return. But if there's any closing words, uh, please take the stage. Otherwise, I want to show up at the social club and have a green juice. Some words of wisdom. Anything to, to close out, to, you know, to inspire some people. Well, Brokers. I, I would say in closing, you know, um, you have to stay inspired. And that really is why we created this, because like Brandon said, it can be very lonely out there as a single agent. We kind of created the team mentality and our team was always Williams and Williams is just the two of us. Um, and then we brought on slowly brought on a few other buyers agents. But the idea is to have great people around you. People that lift you up, people that make you want to act better, do better, think harder, think smarter. And just that's also it's like picking your life partner. It's like you want to pick someone that challenges you, that brings out the best in you, that makes that brings something different to the table than you do. So I really believe in partnership. I think it, it works really well. I think if you have an asset and then they have a different asset, that's a perfect match. And I would say, you know, to, to newer agents, um, inventory and learning and knowing what you're talking about obviously is key be a specialist be an expert and stay inspired and stay, you know surround yourself with with the best people and it all sort of comes together that's amazing i love it couldn't have said it better myself you guys love you great to see you Dude, thank you I, get that get so that juice going a, oh yeah i want to say one last thing you know yeah. i want to say one last thing and i think it's contrary action you know because you know, my head it was like, Brandy was like, do you want to do this podcast with Danny? And my head goes, no. Why do I want you like, just, just because I'm not like, is it going to be, are we going to be good enough? Are we going to do this? Do we have enough time? It's always, but contrary, it's saying yes and showing up and going, let's go now. Let's do it now. Do it. Good at that contrary action and being like, do I really want to do the marketing? Do I want to walk the house and figure out the flow of this house and really study the architect? It's like, Take everything personal. The more information you know, the more it, it, the more it, it, it colors everything in life. And I think when you're constantly learning and, and with contrary action, you know, anything is achievable. Even we're talking about residential real estate. You know, we've grown a business now. We've done developments. We've worked with so many great architects, designers. So it's so much more than just being a residential realtor. You know, yeah. and it's like it, it, this doesn't pertain to just Beverly Hills. You could do this in Iowa. It's like, how connected do you want to be to what's out there and all of your clients and how you want to live? Yeah. This is a lifestyle. And you know what? I'm going to just say this and end this. You know, I watched the documentary about um, uh, uh, Andy Warhol lately, and I watched a documentary about um, uh, Ralph Lauren. And you know what these guys were always, they never thought they were good enough. These guys stayed humble and hungry. And they were always worried that, you know, at any point, their success could turn into nothing. And they were always willing to learn and, and knowing. And they had peaks and valleys. And you're not going to always be hot. You're not going to always be the man. So stay hungry, stay humble, and, 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 and you know, uh, keep having the willingness to learn. 
And contrary action, I think, is really the key. And that's what I do because there, I, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd stay in bed and just like, oh, uh, I don't want to take the call. I don't want to make this bad call. But like, you know, it's, you got to get out there. You guys, you rocked it. You killed it. That was awesome. So many gems. You dropped the knowledge left and right. I love it. We'll see you soon. Get back to work, guys. Get back to work. I'll just I'll I'll say, hi. I'll say hi. I'll say hi. Say hi to the in-laws. Bye, guys. Peace out. Great job, guys.